time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. So wake me up when it's Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. I am, of course, Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis and Boyd. Welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee for Saturday, June 24th. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. It's Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup of your favorite coffee. Join us. As we talk about the news, current events, everything happening in this crazy world that we live in. God, what a crazy, nutty world we live in, y'all. It's like a bad dream. It's like a bad dream sometimes. <laughs> it really is. I just, sometimes I just want to crawl under a rock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. I think, Lord, just let me off this planet. Just let me off this. Pass me the hail bop applesauce and let me the heck off this planet. And people are getting weirder. You know, yeah. It's just, it's, it, I heard somebody say today that they're really making Dylan Mulvaney look beautiful. Because the, the posing with uh, Tony the Tiger. That he's gone blonde now, and I. Oh said, yeah. I said, dude, do you know how weird you just sounded? Yeah, do you know how weird? <laughs> do you know how weird you sound when you say how beautiful Dylan Mulvaney looks? I mean, think about that. Yeah. It's like jumbo shrimp, military intelligence. It just it doesn't go together. Good night. What is happening to us, Glenn? Some of us, anyway. I just don't know, folks. I, you know, I don't know. I used to say we're about lower taxes, limited government. Now we're just trying to save, save the sane. We're treading water. Yeah, man. we're treading water, dude. We need a lifeboat for the sane. We need to build a lifeboat, a, a spaceship, lifeboat spaceship for all the sane people, Glenn. Yeah. To get where are we going to go? That's the question. Um, but we are still, folks, out to save the country. We're about limited government, lower taxes, all the things that mean more freedom, more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom. For all of us who are we the people, we've got a country to save, and uh, it does start. Keeps the, the fight keeps going right here in this studio every Saturday morning here on Saturday Morning Coffee and lots of other places. But wherever you are listening to my voice, sitting in your kitchen at the coffee table, having that morning cup of coffee, driving in your car, sitting with your friends, your family, your children, wherever you may be, um, that's where the fight is at the moment. So let's uh, get busy. Join in the studio, as always, by Dr. Glenn Dye, producer extraordinaire. Dr. Dye, what's the coffee du jour today? Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I caught you. I got you. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. <laughs> you always get that question, man. Come on, Colombian. Colombian. Yeah, yeah Colombian yeah. coffee. I'm trying to go healthy this morning. I've got some eco water, and I've got uh, and the, but the coffee this morning is uh, a little. It's early. It's early, I dude. It's little, early. I got up a little later today, so I'm a little slower than I normally would be. But yeah, I, was, like paper or plastic at the grocery store, people freeze. Uh, I, I stayed up late watching some baseball last night, so I'm uh, I'm I'm a little uh, a little slow on the take yeah. uh, this morning myself. Actually, um, I wanted to say, Glenn, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus here on Saturday morning coffee. We've been doing some best ofs. Yeah, it's summertime, yep. and I think we all needed a little respite. Um, We've been extremely busy at the law firm, and you've been extremely busy with the blind business. Dude, and so great. we've had some, we've had some best of. Mm-hmm. We, and you've done, by the way, a great job. Let me give you a, a ding. You've done a great job putting the uh, best of episodes together for our little 
summer hiatus, but we're back in the studio this weekend for yeah. Saturday morning coffee. So, but thanks for all that you've done to keep the show on the rails. Hey, and the rain's supposed to end later. Yeah, so, uh, Sunday's looking pretty good. Yeah, I'm hoping to uh, hoping to get out on the water this afternoon, okay. and um, hopefully, um, I'm hoping to ride the Hulk uh, tomorrow. That's that's on the uh, agenda for tomorrow. That so. is going to be a little on the muddy side. Um, it probably will be. I'm not sure the trail uh, will be open. For those of you who don't know, I hate to publicize this because it's awfully crowded already. Well, Sunday. and yes, and I just saw it on uh, Facebook. One of the neighbors that lives in the bluffs there said it's so nice having it in their backyard. Yeah, no, it's a great asset. If you haven't been out, if you live in O'Ree County, a lot of you listen from all across the fruited plain. But if you have uh, not been to the Hulk, if you live in O'Ree County, we have a great little uh, resource um, venue here in O'Ree County called the Hulk Mountain Bike Trail. You know, when they built 31, there was a lot of dirt that got removed from that project, and so there were all kind of hills. People say, you can mountain bike in Myrtle Beach. Yes, you actually can. It's called the Hulk. It's right there on the Intercoastal Waterway, right where 31 crosses over the, um, or right where the, uh, I guess it's Grissom Parkway, rather, on the way to 31, crosses over the uh, Intercoastal Waterway. It is a great trail it's about seven miles of trail every lap is seven miles if you haven't been out there you should check it out it's called the hulk mountain bike trail you can find it find it on uh, google of course and lots of reviews out there you kind of ought to go out there and take a look if you're new to mountain biking know what you're getting wear a helmet wear a helmet Mm -hmm. yes helmets uh, is it required it is required actually okay now i have seen i have seen occasionally people out there riding without helmets but i do not recommend it and technically the rules do require helmets and there are people that uh, there are people out there that will ask you to leave if you're not wearing a helmet but anybody yeah. riding that trail i know people who've been injured seriously okay. out there it's, the tree it's, the tree it, always wins yeah it is a yeah. real it is real mountain bike yeah and it, i've known people to get i've been injured out there i mean i've been riding that thing for years and um there's a there's a little joke over at the guys over at sc ortho they call the the uh the, the hulk is their is their annuity you know, money maker, it's, huh? their, it's their money maker. It's their money maker. They they probably funded a portion of it, but uh, yeah, they they joke about that trail. That's funny, but uh, it is great to be back in uh, the studio with y'all uh, this week, and we appreciate y'all tuning in this morning. I'm drinking uh, some of our uh, great One Nation uh, coffee. I want to thank those guys again for sending the great coffee to us that they do, and uh, we'll try to give away a little bit of it uh, today on the show. But uh, if you haven't checked out One Nation Coffee, one of the sponsors here on Saturday Morning Coffee, check out OneNationCoffee.com. A bit of your purchase goes to uh, veterans and first responders. And uh, There's a code, right? There's a code, Saturday Morning Coffee. Thank you, Glenn. The yeah. promo code is, promo code. of course, Saturday Morning Coffee. You can get a discount on your order. So be sure to check out uh, One Nation Coffee online, and every a portion of every purchase benefits the One Nation Foundation, which in turn benefits veterans and first responders, and they are doing great work. And uh, we need we need to get those guys back on the show. Absolutely, we've not I, had them. I, I bet you are the only person east of the Mississippi that has a promo code. We got a promo code, and it is sourced. Yeah. It is sourced worldwide, and it is roasted right here in South Carolina. So it is, yeah. it is good stuff. We encourage you guys to check it out, and they have been a friend of the show for uh, for, for quite a while now. And we appreciate their the support. mother of all blends. The mother of all blends, good stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, Tanzanian. Peaberry, Glenn. That's the secret. Tanzanian Peaberry. I actually, uh, Tim, the car detail guy, gave us some uh, Tanzanian Peaberry, and it's very good. It's also higher in octane than your average coffee. Excellent. Yeah, it's got a kick. No, for sure, it'll wake you up. So, want to remind you guys. Uh, actually, we are 
Not live this morning. We are pre-recorded, so I'm not going to give out the text line because we are actually not in the studio at this moment. We're recording uh, this show on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're going to give out the Twitter handle. You can, of course, tweet the show. And we're going to give away some of that fine One Nation coffee later in the show. And we're going to ask you to uh, send us an email. We're going to do a little drawing. If you want the uh, if you want to take part in the contest, we're going to give away. We've got some Asher Theater tickets, Glenn, that we're going to give away. And we've also got, of course, our One Nation coffee. So somewhere in the show, we're going to be giving away some One Nation coffee, uh, four tickets to go to the Asher Theater here in Myrtle Beach, and also, of course, a a Saturday morning coffee mug uh, to go with that grand prize assortment. But the uh, mailbag for the show, ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com, ReeseBoydSMC at gmail.com. Twitter handle handle for the show, at ReeseBoyd, if you signed up for uh, Twitter. You get an update every time a show is posted to the podcast page. The Twitter handle for the show is at Reese Boyd. Also, many of you like to call during normal business hours, uh, Monday through Friday. The day job, of course, is Davis and Boyd, attorneys at law. Number there at the firm is 843-839-9800, 843-839-9800. Always love to uh, hear from our loyal listeners and enjoy chatting with you guys. Uh, anytime you want to call, if, of course, if there's anything we can help you with, any legal needs you may have, we love to talk to you as well. A lot to talk about today, Glenn. Man, what, I mean, it is just, it's like drinking from a fire hose. There is so much craziness in the world. we got yeah. the Dylan Mulvaney. By the way, did you notice that Bud Light uh, advertising aggressively yes. in uh, the NCAA baseball mm-hmm. tournament? And I'm thinking to myself, uh, we're not buying, dude. We're no, not buying. I, I you think, guys have. I think they're a little late. Uh, there is a um, story I read. Did you know, that, if I can pull it up, sorry, I'm, my, my normal hardware is uh, not with me today. I'm, I'm winging it on a, on a different setup. and. But did you realize, Glenn, that Bud Light is uh, no longer the uh, best-selling? I heard that. Yeah, it has been uh, dethroned, and the uh, Modelo 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 Especial has been has replaced Bud Light. I don't think Bud Light is coming back. Um, I don't either. I don't. I don't know if Target's going to make it back. And I'm not buying the whole country boy mullet friendly Mm -hmm. advertising campaign. I mean, they're trying to convince all their you know loyal. beer drinking buddies to get back in the grocery store and pick up a few cases of Bud Light, but I don't yeah. think people want the stuff anymore. I don't. Well, I don't want it. I was. I actually had a dream that I picked up a Bud Light at the Pelicans game, and <laughs> and, and people were looking at me with the blue can in my hand. Yeah, and I was embarrassed. Um, I went to the Pelicans game last Friday night. If you get a chance to go out to the Pelicans game, go go on a Friday. I think Friday nights is fireworks night. It yep. was that night. And it was a spectacular fireworks show. Yeah, they do a they great job. They spend a ton of money on fireworks. It is a great event. It's a great time to, for the family, everybody. They do a great show. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. Great event to take your family to. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, we've got all that and more. We've got the, the sad news about the uh, Titanic submersible. A little later in the show, we're going to be talking to Adam Morgan. Adam is uh, chairman in the South Carolina General Assembly of the Freedom Caucus. He's going to be talking to us about some litigation that happened in Lexington County related to CRT and the work of the Freedom Caucus in the South Carolina General Assembly. We're also going to be talking to another member of the General Assembly, uh, Senator Josh Kimbrell from the Upstate, going to be giving us an update on the legislative session, sort of his thoughts. Uh, uh, Josh is a great uh, conservative member of the Senate, and he's going to be talking to us uh, this morning a little bit later in the show. So we're looking forward to all that. And, of course, tons of news to get to. So much has happened. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, just everything. The Biden family crime syndicate and the the saga continues. Uh, The Durham testimony in Congress on the Durham report. Just so much to get to. All that and more 
coming up on Saturday morning. Coffee stick with us. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. We'll be right back. what I tell everyone I was born by God's dear grace in an extraordinary place with the stars and stripes and the eagle flies Good morning everybody welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee the Reese Boyd Radio Hour Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Glenn, just before the break, we were talking about uh, Bud Light being dethroned. And, of course, uh, we remember, you you noted it, but Bud Light, according this is from the Post and Courier on June 14, this has been in the stack. By the way, we got a lot in the stack, ladies and gentlemen. We had not been in the studio in a while, so the stack is now like a mountain. I don't know that we'll ever get to the bottom of it, but there's a ton of stuff in the stack that I've been clipping that's how I do, uh, you know, I'll clip as I go through the yeah. week, and I just have this pile on my desk that just yep. keeps growing and growing, and, and now it's like it's like a, it's going to take a small dump truck to get it out of my office. That's how I used to do it. Yeah. You just kind of gather stuff through the week, and yeah. then bada-bing, bada-boom. Uh, Bud Light has been dethroned. Again, this from the Post and Courier, that's Charleston, South Carolina, newspaper, June 14. America's best-selling beer slipped into second place after Modelo Especial, a Mexican lager, overtook Bud Light in U.S. retail dollar sales, according to Nielsen data analyzed by Bump Williams Consulting. And I, I tell you, Glenn, I don't think Bud Light's coming back anytime soon. I think people are sick of the, you know, the transgender, just it's, it's, it's demonic craziness, Glenn. It's nonsense, and I think people... I think it is the issue where middle America, you know, the, th- the the folks that people a generation ago used to refer to as the silent majority. Right, right. It's the majority of Americans who still have their heads screwed on somewhat straight, yeah. who haven't totally lost their minds. Yeah. I think they've had enough. I think they're like, this is it. When we start mutilating children in the name of equality, when these kids that are being sexually surgically manipulated, right. sexually manipulated, right. psychologically And then coming back years later and suing. Yeah, coming back years later and suing. They're being they're being mutilated, castrated mm-hmm. when they couldn't they couldn't get parental consent. They'd have to have parental consent to get a tattoo. Right. But right. they can go to their guidance counselor and they can start them on a on a yeah. course of puberty blocking drugs and and even worse and and I think people have finally decided this is you know this is where we draw the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you and thanks Anheuser Busch, you you made a foreign beer number one in America. Yeah, you know, did, when, did, when's the last time that was? Uh, Germany was brewing beer back in the in the sixties or forties. Is that when we had uh, popularity? I mean, yeah, honestly, America was Anheuser Busch, mm-hmm. and it, for years and years, St. Louis, Missouri, hot dogs, apple yeah. pie, Bud- Chevrolet, yeah. Budweiser yeah. doesn't really get a lot yeah. more American than that, and they have they have succeeded a Glenn in. In wrecking billions of dollars worth of goodwill, I don't. Well, I don't know how you. 
I don't know how the shareholders at Anheuser Busch. I, yeah, I don't know how you put the uh, don't do anything other than just sue those people for everything they have. Put the snake back in the can. Yeah, them, I, just, I don't know. think it does. You know, you got we got treated. Another thing we were treated to, Glenn, was just some lovely pictures from uh, Pride Month mm-hmm. at at the White House being celebrated at the White House. Of course, we all remember we were all in shock when Obama lit the White House up in the rainbow colors. Mm-hmm. That was that was think about this. That was outrageous at the time True. for some of us. And now we're treated to pictures Top, of topless. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad this is radio. But they're really um, men. Yeah, they're men. Yeah, so they can take your top off. But I got to tell you, for a fake set, this, you know, he doesn't look that bad. He doesn't oh, look that bad. For See, the world is getting weirder and weirder. It, it, it doesn't, you know, I got to say, they don't look that bad. Of course, he's he's supporting them. He's He's got them cupped, but it's just, but we're treated to that. That's where and, we. And, that's where we are. And then the rainbow flag. Uh, flying between two American two American flags, flags. as the, if the like and and the and the American flags are almost kind of tucked off to the side. And but the predominant flag in the middle is the is, rainbow is, flag. It's supposed to be the American flag. That's the rule. Not mm-hmm. not any other flag. Yeah, they re- totally. Yeah, it wasn't uh, the American flag was not predominantly placed at the White House that day. They they totally reversed a uh, convention, and and you know, Glenn. Here's the thing. My thought. We've had this conversation many times on this show. When we had the public referendum in, in South Carolina, this is several years ago, whether marriage should be about one man and one woman. Traditional marriage passed by like an 85 to 90% margin. Okay. Um, and then, of course, we had the Supreme Court weighed in on the subject of traditional marriage. Obergefell decision came down. They said, nope, marriage is, you know, it doesn't have to be one man, one woman. However, you know, uh, the states want to define it is fine, but it's same-sex marriage is, is, is a constitutional right, basically. Now, how they found that in the Constitution, I still don't know, but they did. And But I remember thinking at the time that it was, you know, here's the problem. Like I said, freedom, I'm good. Whatever you want to do in the in the confines of your home, yeah. I, I don't want the government to, to bother you, get into your space, get into your bedroom. Get into the, the the space on the between the four the four posts of your bed. I could really care less. That is the whatever you want to do, America. Yeah, that's, whatever you want to do, I'm good. Yeah, that's America. Um, as long as there's no children involved, or right. you know, True. the stuff where where people are involved, where they consenting adults, consenting adults. Let's yes. let's, let's, let's add that clarification. Yes. But I remember thinking, Glenn, and I think I was a law student at the time when this came down. Um, I remember thinking, you know, it's never going to be enough that we accept gay marriage. It, there's going to come a point where we have to celebrate gay marriage, and and I and once we get to the point where we have to celebrate gay marriage, then that's not going to be enough. We're going to have to celebrate further. We're going to have to celebrate. We're going to have to accept and then celebrate polygamy. We're going to have to accept and celebrate um, the sexualization of our children. We're going to have to accept and celebrate any number of things that I'm just not willing to go along with. And I can accept, you know, if, if I understand that if you're a homosexual, look, like I said, whatever happens in your house is up to you. But I, I can't get to the point where I can celebrate that, Glenn. And that's the problem is that's where we are. It's like it's your people are being forced to uh, not only accept but to celebrate a lifestyle that, that many of us just can't that many of us just can't celebrate. I can't celebrate that. By the way, the United States only Muslim majority town, Hamtramck, Hamtramck, Michigan. Yes, that is Michigan. I knew that. Bans pride flags on public. 
property. Hmm. So, interestingly enough, on uh, this is uh, about uh, June 14, it looks like, Michigan City Council unanimously voted to ban pride flags from being displayed on public property. Located just outside Detroit, Hamtrak is the only Muslim-majority town in the United States. Yeah, they don't like... They don't like... Yeah. The ruling was celebrated with cheers and applause inside City Hall, where dozens of concerned residents, Muslim and Christian, had had shown up to express their thoughts on the matter. According to the Detroit Free Press, resolution was introduced by Mohammed Hassan, Mayor Pro Tem, and applies not only to uh, basically any religious, ethnic, racial, political, or sexual orientation groups. So it's not just pride flags. Only the American flag and the nation's flag that represent the international character of our own city shall be flown, Hassan stated. Wow, and they're it, still embracing the American flag there? Yeah, wow, yeah. That's so, a, yeah. Hassan argued allowing pride flags to be flown on public property could lead to a slippery slope. <laughs> you think? Yeah. You think it could? Yeah. But now Joe Biden's got no problem putting the pride flag front and center at the White House. So um, it's just... It, it's a it's a really unfortunate place where we are, but I think it's an issue, Glenn, that has finally given rise to everybody waking up. You know, I think America is waking up. I think America is tired and sick of it. Yeah, so. and uh, there is so much more to talk about. So much happening on that front, as Glenn, you said, we've got the lawsuits coming up. Where now yeah. the kids who have been persuaded led down this path mm-hmm. of gender reassignment. Some have been castrated. Some have been chemically castrated. Some have been surgically mani- yeah, castrated. Yeah. They're not going to have kids. They're now suing school districts. They're doctors. They're psychologists. You know, some of these people were put on puberty blockers after only two appointments. Wow. Well, two appointments with a shrink, and they move you to chemical toward chemical castration. The they shrink start- needs a shrink. Yeah. God. It's unbelievable. So, so much to talk about, folks. A lot more coming up on Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday Morning Coffee. Do not leave town. If there's a lady that stands in a harbor for what we Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. It is uh, my pleasure to uh, be joined here on the show this morning, as we promised, by Adam Morgan. Adam is a member of the South Carolina General Assembly. He is a Republican. He represents District 20, Greenville County. Adam is an attorney. He's also president of Majesty Music. And uh, he has, uh, among other distinctions, he is the chairman of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. We've been uh, talked on the show before about the Freedom Caucus and uh, a member, a, a group of conservative legislators within the Republican Caucus and kind of the the ongoing uh, struggles that, that have existed and, and the delicate balance that's going on in the General Assemblies for those guys to work together. And we've talked about that. We've also wanted to bring them on the show because the Freedom Caucus had a lawsuit just announced this week where the judge, South Carolina School District, ends contract with company after GOP Group sues over CRT. 
So the South Carolina Freedom Caucus brought suit, and that was in uh, district or in you and in state court here in South Carolina. The South Carolina Freedom Caucus versus Lexington County School District One and Jarita Postalweight in her official capacity as superintendent of Lexington County School District One, uh, accusing the school of using CRT components in their curriculum in violation of state law and 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 other problems. Judge, the judge in that case handed down a decision that, in fact, was in favor of the of the Freedom Caucus. So I wanted to bring Adam onto the show today to talk about that. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, Reese. It's, Good to be with you. Yeah, it's always great to hear from you. Enjoy talking to you. So tell us, what, why was it up to the Freedom Caucus to bring this lawsuit, and, and what prompted the suit to be filed to begin with? Yeah, so we had uh, a person in the community had given us information that uh, this group, EL Education, was actively pushing, promoting, and even uh, teaching teachers how to teach uh, CRT in uh, South Carolina classrooms. And they had contracts with Lexington and Charleston school districts. And, uh, you know, at first we were kind of intrigued but we were like well what you know what proof do you have this we we actually have a video of the person uh who is doing the professional development the one who's actually doing these classes with all these teachers uh and what she says uh, what the program you know the point of the program and and what they're doing here in south carolina and so they sent us a video and sure enough you had this this individual who did not realize they were on camera when asked oh well what what are you teaching what's the point of your program uh, she says, oh, we're here to teach CRT. We're here to uh, you know, figure out a way to weave it into the curriculum. We know it's against state law, but we're looking for co-conspirators. That's the word she used. We're looking for co-conspirators to break state law and teach this stuff in the classroom. You just have to do it under a different name. You, know, you need to yeah. call it culturally relevant pedagogy or um, you know, put, it, you know, put it under SEL category, something like that. And I mean, she's just saying all of this on camera. Of course, she does not know that she's being filmed. And so, uh, and then she says, and the so district knows that this, we're doing this. Was that. Like a, this was like a Project Veritas kind of interview where she was yes. being filmed and she didn't realize it. Yes, and it was a teacher who had kind of sat through this stuff mm-hmm. and knew it was rampant, and yet everybody would deny it and say it wasn't happening, which is what we've you know run into with uh, our battle against indoctrination in schools. You know, all the, the, the other side, the left, and even moderate Republicans keep saying, oh, it's not real, it's, it doesn't exist, you're making, you know, something out of nothing. And uh, even when we were pushing the bill, let alone when we brought this lawsuit, we had people, you know, re- Republican members on the floor of the House saying, they're crazy, they're always trying to hype things up, this isn't happening, this isn't how you deal with it. And we're like, guys, it, it's a state law provisor that says you, that no school is supposed to be you know, using state funds to teach CRT. That's in proviso in the budget. So it's yeah. already state law. Yeah. We have a clear instance where somebody says, these school districts are knowingly violating this. We're doing it, you know, in an underhanded way to try to find co-conspirators to get other teachers to do it. And and yet they wouldn't do anything about it. And and we had also given this to other statewide elected officials who didn't want to touch it. They were worried. They were nervous about, you know, going after these school districts that, you know, because the reality is, unfortunately, in politics, you have too many people who are terrified of larger uh, interest groups like the teachers union or like the medical establishment or the, you know, chamber of commerce, whatever it is. And so you have elected officials who just won't do anything, even even if it's actually telling people or making sure people follow state law. They don't want to mess with it. 
So we filed suit, and as soon as you know the information and what the district knew and what they were actually teaching came out, the district uh, caved and said, "You know what? I will we'll, we'll agree to you know canning this whole program, get rid of uh, EL education completely, uh, remove all um, all the curriculum that they were using, and then going forward, they'll have to get uh, um, their curriculum approved by the superintendent of education. So right now, that's Ellen Weaver." So it's quite quite the change from having this group from Atlanta coming in to you know find co-conspirators to break state law and push DRT to now that district has to get their curriculum approved by Ellen Weaver. So which it's a win for the students and for the parents, but the student Charleston is ongoing and there it's even worse. Like the the facts and what's coming out of what the the school has been uh, forcing kids to sit through, and so that's going to be a very interesting case uh, just because of the. Uh, the, the the facts are worse, and the kind of the violations of state law uh, are looking even worse. So yeah, it, uh, the, the point is, though, you have to stand up to this stuff. Amen. Otherwise, they just continue to do it. Amen. We'll give you a ding for that because you're absolutely correct. If you I, And I don't understand the hesitancy. If people are breaking the law and you're a public official and you've taken an oath, Adam, to defend the Constitution, to defend the law, to uphold the law, how can you not? pursue that if you if i mean that I mean, rhetor, rhetorical question rhetorical question yeah i mean that's that's the answer is it yeah it's fear and it's you know trepidation and nobody wants to you know have people mad at them and it's the exact same thing you saw with the musc transgender clinic the pediatric transgender clinic we found out you know in last summer hey this clinic exists they're seeing yeah. kids ages four to 16 yeah. they're referring them for puberty blockers and surgeries and it's all on the taxpayer dime. We went straight to, you know, the Republicans were like, hey, we got to, you know, deal with this. We got to do something. Oh, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, we got to look at all the facts and, you know, MUSC and like just such hesitancy because it was the medical community. And they're, and they're scared. They throw a lot of money around it. So nobody really wanted to step on, on it. So we FOIA'd them and went after it and said, hey, let us know how old these kids were and what exactly you were doing to them on the taxpayer dime. They said, no, we're not going to give you that info. We don't have to. We said, yeah, you do (laughs) under state law. And so then as soon as they realized they would have to, they shut the whole program down, completely closed the clinic, you know, and it was this big win. And all it took was, you know, a couple people to say, hey, you know what? We are going to call you out when you do stuff that's morally reprehensible and when it breaks state law and when it endangers our kids. Like it's not (laughs) – this this should be no-brainers for for Republicans, but unfortunately – in South Carolina, we just have this, um, we have a culture of, of, you know, conformity and of, you know, not rocking the boat. And it's like when you're, you know, when your kids, like safety and, <laughs> and future is at stake, like maybe stand up and get some backbone. Yeah. Like, like we know what the Republican viewpoint is on this party platform, the conservative uh, ideology here. So like we know what the right thing to do is. And so let's do it. Yeah, this is not a, this is not a tough one. There are legitimate policy questions that we face that are tough calls but when you have yeah you when you have kids being directed down this path this path toward gender reassignment puberty blocking chemical castration physical castration surgical castration i mean that that is it's demonic adam for starters yeah it is it really is and and but it's insanity it's truly insanity and you know one of the things i've thought about i don't see how we can lose the policy debate here Set that aside for the moment. You've got federal courts that are out there. You've got states 
of Florida, Arkansas, where the, the state legislatures have said, no, you're not going to do this to children. You can't take a child who is who has not achieved the age of consent, even with parental yeah. consent. If the parents are crazy, who cares? Um, you know, you can't you can't do this to these kids. And you're now seeing lawsuits, Adam, where these kids are aging out. They're becoming adults yeah. and they're saying, you guys did this to me because I was having a bad day. And yeah. and now I'll yeah. now I will never have children. Now I will never be a normal childbirth experience or whatever the case may be. Never be able to father children. However, you know, however, the, the facts of that work out. And and they're saying, wait a minute, you guys led me down a path. I didn't want this. I was having a bad day. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I was literally, I was literally a preteen who changed, you know, what they wanted to be every day and what their favorite color was every day and what gender they felt like every day. Because that's what, you know, goofy kids do that have no, you know, grasp on reality yet. And you have these parents who are, you know, taking advantage of them and living out some kind of weird uh, issues that they have using their kids. And, you know, the, the science on it's pretty bad. You know, the kids that do this, not just the threat of being sterile, as if that's not terrible enough, but you have major health complications, like, you know, long-term bone density problems, you know, more susceptible to all sorts of uh, major health issues. And mental so health. Not, and and know, major. Effective, like, yeah. yeah, and mental health. Major suicide, increases yeah. in suicide prevalence. Among, you know, the, the parents us. that said that their kids were sick and they weren't really sick, you know, we thought those parents were sick. They were trying to get attention. You know what I'm talking about. The ones have cancer, and they don't really have cancer, and they convince their kid that they've got cancer. Uh, Crazy. Well, Adam, there were a lot. There were a lot of a lot of other questions I wanted to get to, but we got to go to a commercial break briefly. Can you stick with us? Hang through. Hang with us through a a quick commercial break. Okay, folks. We're talking to Adam Morgan, member of the South Carolina General Assembly and chairman of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. We'll be right back with more of Representative Morgan and more Saturday morning coffee right after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. everybody welcome back to saturday morning coffee the reese boyd radio hour my baby's going away what are we going to do about that breaking the break it breaking the rules oh my gosh breaking the rules rules. of radio broadcasting i didn't (laughs) silence my cell phone this morning talking to adam morgan representative morgan is a member of the south carolina general assembly he's from taylor's he represents greenville county district 20 in the south carolina house of representatives he's also chairman of the south carolina freedom caucus and uh, Adam, thanks again for sharing your Saturday morning with us. We appreciate your time very much, and always glad glad to he- hear from you and talk to you. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing you at I was I think we we're at the Greenville. At the, no, we were at the South Carolina GOP convention, which was just a few weeks ago. So, one day when you're in uh, Myrtle Beach on the weekend, I hope you'll let us know and drop by the studio in person. We'll give you some. Uh, we'll give you some of that One Nation coffee we like to give away, and and uh, let you be on the air for real in the studio. Hey, I'll, I'll have to do that. You know, we we always have our big family vacation uh, down that way uh, right. in September. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah, that's our annual. The whole family goes in one of those big houses, and 
anyway. Oh, yeah. We, we get to enjoy your paradise for just one week. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, listen, Taylor's. <laughs> Taylor's is a beautiful is beautiful country. We my wife and I talk often. The older we get, the more we like the mountains, and we love that area of the state. So uh, it's good 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 place. Uh, we were talking about the the CRT uh, ruling from the the district court of common pleas there in Lexington County, Adam. And so, what was what was the school district ostensibly hiring EL education for? Why would they, I mean, obviously they didn't bring, I don't think they didn't bring them into the district schools specifically for the purpose of introducing a CRT curriculum. What, what's the auspices under which they get these people into the school? So they were hired to do professional development. So the point of it is to help your teachers, uh, you know, develop and become better teachers Be better and teachers. come up with new ways of, yeah. yeah, new ways of teaching kind of, stay up to date with it. But unfortunately, I, I would actually have to disagree a little bit. I, I think that that is a, a part of the long-term strategy. And one of the um, educators who's a leader uh, there was posting recently, uh, I think somewhere on Facebook, and was saying, oh, this is terrible. It's putting us behind 10 years of work on this program and, and mm-hmm. doing all this. And now, you know, 10 years down the drain, and so it's like 10, 10 years of, if you look at the curriculum in, in Charleston, as I mentioned, the facts there are way worse. They did a, a survey from the teachers about this program and the, the responses that the teachers came back with in reviewing this program were that it lacks, you know, educational rigor, that it, um, that it's difficult, that the students don't like it, that it's race obsessed. I mean, those are, that's what the teachers r- reported yep. back. Wow. And so the districts knew this, and they just continued, ah, eh, whatever. It's, you know, it's checking some, some of those diversity boxes that they, you know, that they think that they need to, to check. And, and that's really the, the big issue here, the big confusion, because I've had some people ask, you know, oh, well, you know, critical race theory, and, like, don't we want our kids to, think, you know, to, to learn the history, you know, the, the dark history of America's past and learn about, you know, race issues even today and, and things like that and the it, the problem is that crt is not that yeah like we absolutely want our kids to learn the history of america the good and the bad yeah i mean there's lots to celebrate and be proud of and there's there's absolute historical facts and moments that we should learn about and learn from like slavery and jim crow and all the rest of you know things that we've done as a nation and nobody, there's nothing in either the language of the bill that we've uh, passed that uh, prohibits ideological indoctrination or in the proviso that would restrict anyone from teaching, uh, you know, American history in a fact-based uh, way that, you know, like I said, reveals the good, the bad, and the ugly. The problem is CRT, the whole intent is to find, look at systems, how they go wrong. You know, it's the critical theory, which is a Marxist uh, ideology how they go wrong, and then using those ways that they go wrong to then come up with a new system. So it's like you need to get rid of the old, oh, the, you know, um, the judicial system, jury system. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's actually based on white you know, supremacy, so we need to get rid of that, and, and, you know, that's out the window. Basically, rule of law is gone. Representative government, you can't trust it. They, they always do redlining and, you know, Jim Crow stuff. They've used, so it, obviously that system's flawed. So we need to get rid of it. Capitalism, no, obviously only benefits certain people. Get rid of it. Two-parent home, bad structure, patriarchal, get rid of it. Get rid that, of it. That's literally what it, the point of it is. That's what critical theory is. It's a, it's a way to uh, revolutionize society really through a Marxist lens of leveling all the major institutions that have been the things that have actually you know, been the foundation of society that have led us to a better place. 
you know, from, you know, moments in our history. They want to level those, get rid of them, and replace them with, uh, really, socialism and communism. Yeah. And so that's why it's such an invidious ideology. Yeah. There, there is just so much to unpack there, and, and you said so much there, and, and it's really, I wish we had all day to talk. I, I wanted to say this. It, it is, nobody objects. I certainly would think everybody listening to this show would, re, would agree. We want kids taught truth, but we want curricula. We want everything, everything needs to be based on truth. And yeah. there are plenty of things that happen in this country's history that we're not proud of. We're not proud of slavery. I think we were founded on the highest of ideals. That, in fact, all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Yes, check, check, check. All of that was true. But we also made a deal with the devil, if I can use that term, to sort of reach a political compromise that would allow the country to move forward. And and we had there. Obviously, we 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 swept some things under the rug and we but we had to work through that. We fought a civil war to work through that. Exactly. Hundreds of thousands of people gave their lives to work through those issues and we've and we've made great progress and look at tim scott he gets out on the stump and he talks about look i'm i'm a i'm an african-american i grew up poor in charleston and yet look where i am today so adam there is there is so much more that i wanted to talk to you about we've got to go to another commercial break uh can you hang with us for just a few more minutes and and wrap up in 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 an unprecedented third segment all right Hold on. We'll be right back. We're talking to Adam Morgan, who is with the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors here at Saturday Morning Coffee. Of course, I'm talking about Conway Ford. We love all our sponsors, of course, but we especially love Conway Ford. Conway Ford is your hometown dealer, winner of the Ford President's Award, where you'll always find friendly faces, great deals, great selection, excellent customer service, and the best uh, buying experience around. They guarantee that, folks. It's the best buying experience. It's better than the competitors. They guarantee it. They've got a lot of inventory on the lot. Go check out all the Broncos, all the Broncos sports. Glenn, I love the Broncos. Every time I see one, I'm thinking, I want a Bronco. Might, might have to have one of those sooner rather than later. They got more than any other Ford dealer in the area. That's not all. They also got Escapes, Edges, Explorers, Expeditions, F-150s, Mustangs. Right now, folks, there's 0% financing offered on certain models, so be sure to drop by. Say hello to Barry, Andy Loan. Check out the nice folks at uh, Conway Ford. Check out all their fine inventory. And in addition to 0% financing on certain models, you can also get $1,000 cash back for first responders and uh, military veterans. So be sure to drop by, say hello to our good friends at Saturday Morning Coffee. Tell them you heard uh, at Conway Ford, tell them you heard about it on Saturday Morning Coffee. And uh, don't be uh, misled, folks. Make that short drive. It's worth the trip to Conway. For Conway Ford, our friends and yours, the best buying experience around.
Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. We're talking to Adam Morgan, member of the South Carolina General Assembly, the House of Representatives, and chairman of the Freedom Caucus. Adam, we had to bring you back on for an unprecedented third segment because there were just a few more questions that I wanted to get to. You got to. it going on, Adam. You got it. You got a lot hey, to no unpack. Problem. Yeah, you got a lot Thank to unpack. Thank God for Adam. Yeah. What, what, where would we be without Adam? I don't know. That's a, we gotta make, that ought to be a sitcom. Where would we be without Adam? When are you running for office? Yeah. Um, quick thought i wanted to share with you you know one of the stories that fox news came out with this week there's yet another teacher chapin high school you probably saw this has been accused by her students of indoctrinating uh, engaging in indoctrination indoctrination studies and causing them to feel ashamed to be white so an english teacher at chapin high school located in the lexington richland school district five in the past year students complained about lessons according to the um uh, article written Saturday, uh, she said before she taught the class, she said, "Hopefully, I don't get fired for this." Yeah, and, and so that that's a little bit of when the, I think when the teacher opens uh, the lesson with, "Hopefully, I don't get fired for this," Adam. That I don't know. That could be a clue, but of course she was uh, she was using the the words of Tanahisi Coates, who I'm sure you're familiar with, "Between the world and me," among other things, yeah. he calls 9/11 heroes menaces. And it talks about the white America syndicate that is designed to dominate and control our bodies. I mean, this is this is insanity, Adam. And and yeah. and it can't be in our schools if you if you want to have a if you want to continue to have a successful civil society, a constitutional republic, as our founding fathers intended, where indeed we live up to the creed of Martin Luther King, where all people are judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. You can't be teaching kids this. This is Im- oh, yeah. imminently destructive to the ends and the yeah. aims and the goals of a constitutional republic, and imminently destructive to what Dr. Martin Luther King was arguing for. Yeah, but that—I mean—that but that's literally the point. That's what CRT is. They yeah. want us to change the system, discard the the representative government form, discard um, everything you can think of. That's a, a core institution that upholds our current society. They think that their power struggle, you know, power structures that are oppressors. I mean, it's Marxism. Yeah. It's literally Marxism 101. Like, you, oh, we have to overthrow the current system because it's unfair and it has oppressor versus oppressed. And it's just such a, um, a simplistic, uh, failed view of the world that fails everywhere it's tried. Yeah. And, you know, it's really the, the, the critical race component. One of the main, uh, authors, um, I think it's Ibram Xendi, however you say that. Uh, you know, he wrote anti, how to be an anti-racist and anti-racist mm-hmm. baby and all these other books. And that part of that, um, curriculum that he has used and referenced in there, he was used at USC, uh, several different instances of him being a main mover in South Carolina. He's the one that said we need present discrimination to make up for past discrimination. Yeah. We need, we need to, re- so we presently need to discriminate against people based on their race. So if you're white, you have to you know get fewer privileges. You should be treated differently to make up for past discrimination that white people had perpetrated against you know people of color. I mean, that, just that kind of stuff, just blatant racism, yeah. like a full embrace of it. Yeah. And it's just yeah, it just absolutely goes against all of our core values, and and yeah. it's really taking us back to a time of racism and prejudice and discrimination. They want to they want to take us back to an inverted. Jim Crow. And listen, we have small pieces of that way beyond the scope of this interview. We can get into that later. I've talked about it on the show, but we got bits and pieces of that now. But they want to, as as they said on Ghostbusters, they want to reverse the polarity, cross the streams 
And and the end result is we're going to just destroy the country. Adam, we're going to destroy the country. Yeah. You know, I, I'm reminded of a, of a conversation. This, this always sticks with me, Adam. I'll share this with you. About 10 years ago, a college trustee, trustee of a major public university here in South Carolina, called me, and he said, Reese, there's a dirty little secret on college campuses. I said, what is that? He said, they are hiring, and it might have been a little bit more than 10, but 10, 12 years ago. He said, they are hiring these DEI officers, diversity, equity, inclusion yeah. officers, and they're going around and they're meeting with students, and their objective, the whole reason that they're on campus is to convince your white child, if you're white, to convince your child that he or she is racist. And, yeah, and, and has to do something to change it and to fix the society. Exactly. And they have to think a certain way and vote a certain way to do that, to and, make up for the sins of their parents and grandparents. And and I remember thinking, eh, that seems a little, you know, uh, maybe, you know, whatever. <laughs> conspiracy theory. Yeah, a little conspiracy theory. <laughs> and, but it's so true. And it has happened, Adam. And, yeah. and it's like it started on the college campuses. Now it's making its way. And it, it's in our, our high schools. And, and we've, I mean, we've got to draw a hard line in the sand. We've and even your it. grade schools. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're doing this transgender stuff and this uh, LGBTQ plus the racism stuff. In kindergarten classes with the books, that's what anti-racist baby is. It's literally for for kindergartners it's, to teach them how to overcome their implicit racial bias. It is. It is for the, kindergartners. Yeah, it's. But the, you know, Rich, you brought up DEI, and I mean, once again, we talked about the schism within the Republicans in that in the House, and we actually at, we we requested all of the colleges to tell us how much money are you spending taxpayer money on DEI right now. They self-reported back that it's over eight million dollars of taxpayer money that all these universities in south carolina are spending i mean this is blatant racist stuff they're they're literally you have to have a commitment to diversity professors do and students and if you don't you don't get tenure if you're a professor if it's not strong enough and students if you don't have a strong enough commitment to you know basically these racist and anti-racism and crt type ideals then you'll your grade will get doxxed for the yep. students. So, I mean, it's actually discrimination, yep. uh, you know, viewpoint discrimination on campuses, and it's state-funded. Yep. We tried to defund it, and it was the Republican colleagues who freaked out. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. They're just they're just doing what they think they need to, and th- th- maybe this is tied to, you know, accreditation, which it wasn't, and we it explained to them it wasn't, but, you know, it was just any excuse to not defund $8 million worth of taxpayer money going to push discrimination on our, you know, teachers and you know, students in public classrooms. Un- so meanwhile, Iowa and Florida and Texas have all, you know, defunded it and banned it. Yeah. But here in South Carolina, we have a supermajority. We, you know, it was Republicans that shot down those amendments well, to remove the funding. That's a problem. But that's so we a, got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. <laughs> but that's a good segue into my next question, which is there has been obvious, you know, issues between the larger Republican caucus and the Freedom Caucus. You've talked about that briefly before. How is that going? Um, can you give us an update? What What's the latest? Yeah, well, we won a huge lawsuit uh, last week. A uh, federal judge overturned a mm-hmm. uh, crony ethics rule that allowed certain caucuses, like the Republican and Democrat and the Black Caucus and the Women's Caucus, those were the only ones, caucuses based on race and gender and the main two, that were allowed to engage in political activity or raise money. If anybody else, the Family Caucus or us or military caucus if we engaged in political activity or endorsed candidates or raised money we could be arrested <laughs> we could be um fined we could be removed from office and so we sued over that yeah. and uh that sounds and consti- that sounds gave, constitutional by the way yeah right exactly yeah. and the judge it just gave a blistering indictment over uh, you know just saying like there is 
it, it, like the uh, freedom of speech has its fullest application in um, in political speech. Yeah. And any law that tries to hamper that and limit that over what we as legislators can say and how we conduct ourselves in, you know, elections, uh, it's just uh, has to be struck down. So she's she struck it down as unconstitutional. And it really I mean, it left the place shell shocked because, you know, that was the whole thing with the loyalty pledge was, oh, we're going to make it. So if you stay in the Republican caucus, you're not allowed to call out your fellow Republican members when they, you know, shoot down DEI amendments or when they won't take on, you know, transgender clinics, all that kind of stuff. You can't talk about, well, we said we weren't doing that. We're going to conduct ourselves the way we want. So they kicked us out thinking, well, now they're marginalized. They won't be able to do anything or operate and we don't have to deal with them. Well, now we won this big suit and now we can go do whatever we want. Uh, So I think I think it will it will fundamentally change uh, Columbia. I think it's going to lead to um, a better, more conservative, uh, a better functioning uh, legislature. General Assembly. Yeah, because, I, you know, one. Yeah. You and I have talked about this. It has always been my goal that if you don't want to join the Freedom Caucus, fine. But the Freedom Caucus should be more conservative. The, the more conservative members of the Republican controlled General Assembly, the Republican Caucus. But they, it should be like the federal level. They should work together and everybody's still pulling in the same direction. Some people may be pulling a little harder than others, but we're all pulling in the same direction. So exactly. Listen, Adam, we got to run. But listen, I so much appreciate your time and I hope you will come back and join us anytime and keep up the great fight in Columbia. You're doing great work. Keep it up. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Good yes, talking sir. to you. Reed. Have a great day. Thanks, folks. It's Adam Morgan, chairman of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus and a member of the South Carolina General, General Assembly. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. Do not leave town. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. He's a way maker, a chain breaker. Yes, he is. God knows we need him. Oh, man, don't we ever. You know, I was thinking, Glenn, we were talking about earlier about the uh, the sub-tragedy, the um, ocean explorer visiting the wreck of the Titanic. First of all, I understand the fascination with the Titanic, but do I really want to pay, if I had 250000 to pay to go down in a little plexiglass bubble? If I was a billionaire, I would have never risked it. Yeah, particularly, can you imagine the father encouraging the The son to go down when the son really didn't want to go? Right. I mean, I get it, but, I mean, it's just like, "Mm, no, dude. If you're a billionaire, you would have enough happiness in your life that you could enjoy the rest of your life without putting yourself in danger or at risk. Well, you know, interestingly enough, Glenn, that's a good point. One of the things I've found in work, we deal with a lot of people, do a lot of estate planning, plan for people who have very large estates. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of that at the office. Um, I mean, really large estates. And one of the things that... Any of them single? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, you know, maybe we should open up a dating website kind of on a... Hey, yeah. Singles over over 50. Um, Backdoor backdoor website for the... If you're interested, if you're available, would like to... (laughs) date somebody with a anyway enough enough there 
I don't want to get in trouble. But, you know, one of the things I've noticed is that there really is no correlation in my mind between how much you have and your happiness level. There are a lot of people who have a ton of money, more money than they could ever possibly spend, Mm -hmm. who are deeply, and I mean deeply unhappy, deeply unhappy, unhappy on levels that people with a lot less money couldn't even comprehend. I don't understand that. I mean, I, I, I'm a middle, what do you just say? I'm, I'm just a, kind of your average American. You're guy, an average Joe. But I'm very happy. You're happy. You're I mean, a happy guy. If I had a ton of money, I would be happier, you know, because I'd be able to help a lot more people. I'd be able to do a lot more things. I'd be able to be, do that philanthropy thing, which just really. You know, you hear, it, you hear it said a lot. Happiness is a circumstance, right? Happiness right. is a response to our condition. Joy, on the other hand, is a choice. Yeah, and it's kind of like the the apostle Paul said. The apostle Paul said, "I have learned to be joyous in all circumstances." But you know, the thing that, that that really, my wife and I were talking about this. The thing that struck me about the accident is we were reading about some of these folks, and based on what you were reading about them, some of the comments, you really wonder if some of them were believers. You know, and I'm not saying they weren't. That's not my place. But it reminded me and. I've been reminded of this thousands of times over the course of my lifetime. But, you know, it reminded me that when when the bubble breaks, yeah. when the sub comes crashing in or whatever happens, and it, can, it will happen in an instant when you probably don't expect it. And, and then the only thing, it really not only doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, it's completely irrelevant. Right. It's completely irrelevant. And, and then the, the only thing that matters then is do you have a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior? Look at Steve Jobs, the amount of money he had in cancer took him very quickly yeah you know yeah. you never know so enjoy it every day that's yeah. what i try i think it's i i you know I've, we've talked about this before it's in my opinion it's attitude if you wake up with a good exactly. attitude and you wake up on the right side of the bed and not the left side of the bed but you know if you wake up on the right side of the bed every day and and look at positive things in people and in your daily life you can be happy and joyous i, I believe yeah that all that i was saying was working my way around to the following point, which is what you just said. In my in my experience, meeting people across you know many years practicing law, and doing other things, being involved in all the things that you know I've been involved in, is that there's a much higher correlation between happiness and mindset, mm-hmm. as you as you just yeah. said, your attitude about life, your attitude about things, than there is between a, a a much less strong correlation between happiness and the amount of money that you have in the bank. Mm-hmm. And, and really, frankly, at that last moment, the moment before you cross over, the only thing that matters is where are you going to spend eternity. That's and, right. You're and not everything a, else I've is never seen irrelevant. A, never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. No, no, I haven't done that. Speaking of giveaway, free gift of some coffee, much less valuable, but want to give away some One Nation coffee, want to give away, and we've got four tickets to the Asher Theater and a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug. As I shared at the beginning of the show, we're not live today but there is a way folks can participate what we're going to do is encourage you guys to put your name in the hat by sending an email to the mailbag if you want to throw in a question for the mailbag great but if not just send us an email with your name and phone number and we'll put your name in the hat we're going to draw out we got like i said we've got some one nation coffee pack we're going to give away with a couple of blends of one nation coffee for you we've got four tickets to the asher theater here in myrtle beach they've got a great new murder mystery theater that they're starting and uh, we got a One Nation, uh, excuse me, a Saturday morning coffee coffee mug and a T-shirt for whoever uh, we pick. We're going to take all the emails that we get this week for the uh, Saturday morning coffee mailbag. We're going to put them in a hat, and the next time we're in the studio, we'll draw out a name, 
We'll uh, we'll do that in the next show, and whoever wins wins. We'll uh, we'll announce it on the next program. So right. send that email to reeseboydsmc at gmail dot com. Again, reeseboydsmc at gmail dot com is the mailbag email address. Throw in a question or two. We'll include that in an upcoming show, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about Saturday morning coffee. How we can make it better? Question, topic, suggestion, anything on your mind? Love to hear from you. And even if you just send us a blank email with your contact info, we will put that in a, we'll wad that up, throw it in the hat, and we'll draw one out, one lucky winner. We'll get that grand prize pack at the next edition of Saturday Morning Coffee. So a lot going on, Glenn. I think we're going to be talking to another of our regular guests. I believe Josh Kimbrell is going to be joining us in the next segment. I wanted to mention, too, you know, a lot is happening. What did you think about the uh, Durham report, Durham's comments <laughs> in uh, Congress? Did you listen to any of that? Yeah. You did? What do you think? We're we're in trouble. We're in trouble. If we don't if we don't nail this down right now, we are in serious trouble. You know what what was what was frustrating to me about that, Glenn, among so many other things, is again, I feel like we are living in a time where the country is just sliding off the rails. Mm -hmm. And I won't say the majority, but it's like so many people just don't seem to care. And people aren't going to jail for doing bad things. No, there are so (laughs) many people who appear to be immune it's like we've got mm-hmm. among the other things I, I don't have the audio keyed up I'm, i was going to work on that but we don't have it keyed up but you've got durham talking about the text messages you got peter struck lisa page fbi agents i mean it's so very clear to all of us yes that the whole russia collusion narrative was hatched by the hillary clinton campaign they bought it they paid for it they paid fusion gps to have it drafted they ran the money through a law firm the whole thing was a scam mm-hmm. from soup to nuts. There wasn't an ounce of truth in it. And yet, almost 10 years later, we're still talking about it, trying to get to the bottom of it. I, I think this the um, uh, Adam Schiff should not be able to serve any, anymore. We were talking about it on the Liz Calloway uh, morning show Friday, and... I really believe what he has done is treasonous. He says he's wearing it as a badge of honor. Yeah, well, I call it treason. I call it treason, too. And remember, Peter Strzok was not just some local yokel GI ES-12 hack, a clerk. Right. He was in charge of the counterintel, counterterrorism uh, programs at the FBI. I mean, this guy was way high up in the organization. And he's sitting here texting Lisa's, Lisa Page, FBI agent, girlfriend slash concubine, texting him saying, what are we going to do if Trump wins? And he says, Trump is not going to win. We are not going to let that happen. Right. Who are you to tell us who the next president of the United States is going to be? I mean, good. Give me a break, dude. That dude belongs under the jail. And I, and I, and again, my reaction to hearing it all this week is, is anybody ever going to be held to account for all that you and I and a whole lot of other people know is completely obvious. It's right. as obvious as the nose on your face. Right. It is definitely election interference. Yeah, it's... It's all that and more. Folks, we're, we've got more to talk about. Hopefully, we'll be talking to Josh Kimbrell. Yeah. Can, can Trump sue Schiff for slander? Isn't there some kind of a lawsuit that they could just take their money? You know, there is a legislative privilege, but I think a lot of what Schiff has done goes beyond that. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, he probably could. Hmm. I think he probably could. Now, of course, Trump is a public figure, which, which makes it virtually impossible to yeah, sue people for, but I think what they've done to him was, I mean, it was clearly malice, you know, with malice, way more than malice. I mean, yeah. it was, yes, I think it's libel. I think it's slander. Absolutely. Whether he could 
you know, make that happen successfully in a court of law, I think, is a is a debatable question. Yeah, I just question. I just asked. I no, I think it's. I'm not an attorney, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn. You Express. stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, folks. I want to remind y'all to send those emails, SMC at gmail dot com, if you want to participate in our grand prize drawing. Stick with us. We'll be right back with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye, producer extraordinaire and part time attorney. Don't leave town. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. Thanks for sticking with us here on the big show. want to uh, thank Adam Morgan for joining us here on the program. What a great interview that was. Thank God for Adam. Man, he's... I mean, that's good work right there. They're doing great work. They're yeah. doing great work. Just before the break, we were talking about the Durham presentation to Congress and how we can all sit around and talk about this stuff for years and years and years and nothing seems to happen. This from the Epoch Times this morning. Rules should change so heads can roll at the FBI. Department of Justice rules should change so that FBI agents could lose their jobs if they lie to misuse the government's spying powers in sensitive investigations. Special Counsel John Durham suggested to Congress Durham, who recently released a report on his review of the FBI's handling of the 2016 Trump-Russia collusion investigation, acknowledged that he found conduct that was wrong and or probably criminal, but would have been difficult to prosecute in a court of law. The real difficulty, in my view, this, according to Durham, is trying to figure out how to hold people accountable for their conduct. Shouldn't that have been in, like, the contract that they sign when they get hired? You're in the FBI, so I would think honesty would be precedent. I mean, honestly, Glenn, not only are these folks, the Adam Strucks, the Peter, the, the Andy McCabe's, Peter Strzok, all these folks are not being, not only are they not being held accountable, but they're being put out to pasture at CNN where they get these multi-million dollar yeah. consulting and media gigs. I mean, yeah. it's insulting. It's insulting. And they're not losing their multi-million dollar government funded pensions. That's the least that should happen. A lot more to talk about here on Saturday Morning Coffee. We could spend all day talking just about that. But right now, we just by happenstance, Glenn, we've got two upstate legislators on the program today. We lined that up somehow. We got uh, we had a state representative from Travelers, uh, uh, from Taylor, Taylor's. And now we've got Senator Josh Kimbrell joining us. Josh represents District 11. That's Spartanburg County. Josh is from Spartanburg, Sparkleberry, as I knew it in college. So, Josh, welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for joining us here and sharing your Saturday morning with us here on the program. Well, good morning. Good. Sparkleberry is different. We call it Hub City and the Berg and all that kind of the stuff. The Berg. Sparkleberry. There you go. We can go with that. Sparkleberry. I, you know, when I was in school, I had a friend in Wofford, and we made many trips to uh, Wofford. I was. Yeah, I became familiar with with Sparkleberry. It's a nice little town. Nice little town. Lot. We. I told Adam this, Josh. The older my wife and I get, the more and the more we like the mountains. I mean, we're beach people, obviously, but we love the mountains. We love to get up there. Traveler's Rest, Taylor's. I mean, y'all just got a lot of beautiful towns. We'll, we'll just do a house swap occasionally because my wife likes the coast. I like the mountains. I like both. She'd, she'd rather go your way, and I, I go up here. But we but we love both. We'll just switch houses every once yeah. in a while. You know? well, that's, what, that's what we'll have to do. Because Sparkleberg, as you call it, Sparkleberry, you know, Sparkleberg, whatever we want to call it, 
next to G Vegas where Adam is, you know, Green Bullet. <laughs> G Vegas. I have not heard that one. You know, no matter where you live in South Carolina, uh, Josh, I think we can all agree you're blessed. We just we're we're blessed to be uh, uh, growing up living in this uh, great state the we call South Carolina. The country. We're just going to keep it this way. Let's yeah. just keep it that way. And we got to work hard. It's a constant fight. We talk about it every week on this program. We were talking about it already this morning. Is you know we got a country to save. We got a state uh, to save, Josh. We've got CRT working its way into our schools. Um, give us a little. Give us your take, because I always count on you for a solid conservative viewpoint of what's happening in the legislature. Give us your take on the recent legislative session, the wins, the losses, the things that made you happy, the things that made you angry. You know, can you give us a quick version of events? Well, well we did actually uh, take legislative aim at critical race theories. We've we've passed a bill in the House and Senate now to eliminate that, to ban that, to permanently roll back. CRT and South Carolina uh, Department of Education. And with this new superintendent Weaver, we're all kind of on the same page. We're not going to allow uh, curricula to be adopted that makes our kids hate each other on the basis of race or national origin. This idea that we're going to cave to the social Marxist. Yeah. It's, a so, it's a social Marxist agenda, and we're, we're taking a strong stand against that. We've been just as aggressive, really, as Florida has been uh, in that regard. In this session, we also had a long fight over trying to defend human life. You and I talked about that a good bit. We did two yep. things that I think are really good. One is we re-implemented the heartbeat bill after the state court, state Supreme Court struck it down. And I was honored to be part of a, a committee that did vetting for our Supreme Court candidates. And we were able to, uh, Kay Hearn, one of the more liberal justices on the court, had to retire. We have a maximum age requirement in the state, so she had to roll off the court. We were able to appoint a conservative to replace her in Garrison Hill of Greenville. So now we have a, a, a majority conservative state Supreme Court, whereas before we had a majority liberal state Supreme Court. And I think that certainly helps us to uphold the heartbeat bill that we did pass to defend life. We also further built upon our tax cuts. We had a $100 million tax cut last year, the first ever. Mm. I, introduced the I, mean, first version, I introduced the first version of the legislation. Then we came back with a compromised version that Senator Peeler, Senator Alexander, and I were the primary sponsors on. That was signed into law, so we've cut taxes. And this year in the state budget, we built in further tax relief. So it was a good year as a whole. I, I, we, we repealed the certificate of need, which increases access to health care in rural communities particularly. It breaks down the oligopoly and the monopolies of the healthcare care agencies and uh, big hospital systems where there's more competition, lower prices, better care. Those are all wins. We did miss a few opportunities to do some things I'd like to have done, i.e. protecting our kids. Uh, from from these this this gender reassignment thing is very scary to me. We should not allow kids to be uh, sexualized or experimented upon. We have a bill, Senator Verdon and I uh, have a bill. That I think we're up to 29 co-sponsors that would make it illegal for a doctor in this state to perform a reassignment surgery on a person under the age of 18. We didn't pass that, but I'm confident we will next year. So overall, a pretty successful session. A lot more to do, but that's why. 2024 is just around the corner. Yeah, would that would that bill make it illegal, irrespective of parental consent? Right. Yeah, no, no doctor could do it. I mean, and if a doctor performs a, a gender reassignment under the legislation we've adopted, if a doctor performs that procedure, uh, he or she would lose their medical license, and we would prosecute. Yeah. Now, and I and I, I aim into that. I, I don't understand. And you're already. We've talked. You obviously didn't probably hear it yet but we uh, were talking about this very issue this morning on the program josh and one of the things 
you know, that we're starting to see, of course, you're, I'm sure you're aware of this, is you're starting to see these kids who have had these procedures done to them ostensibly to help them, that they said, look, I, you manipulated me. I was having a bad week, and you told me I needed to be a girl. I mean, I, went, I didn't need to be a girl. I, was having a, I, needed, I needed help getting through a bad week. So they're aging up. They're no longer minors, and they're now bringing suit against school districts, against guidance counselors, against, and against the medical professionals alleging malpractice. So, you know, I'm hopeful that if enough people get multimillion-dollar verdicts yeah. handed down against them, they'll stop yeah. doing this. Yeah. Well, I'll t- I tell you what we did, uh, Reese, since you mentioned that. I mean, look, I'm not the smart the smart lawyer that you are, but I did go to Liberty School of Law. I did get a little education law, but I'm well, not. Well, we we've got Glenn Dye. We've got Glenn Dye here in the studio to help us along the way. He's uh, He stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, Josh. So we're well, there good. There you go. Between, between you and Glenn, you're good to go. But yeah. I will tell you, we thought about that, and one of the things that's built into the bill that I just mentioned, that Senator Verdon and I are pushing, that I'm confident will become law, it, it actually extends the uh, opportunity to sue. In other words, you know, normally there's a statute of limitations as to how, whenever a lawsuit can be filed. These young minors have no idea. I mean, my son, who just turned 12 last week, he thought he was Iron Man for the first four or five years of his life, and I, yeah. I didn't get him any iron replacement therapy because <laughs> I figured he'd grow out of it. Yeah. But, but, you know, the point is you got kids as young as eight and nine-year-old kids in certain places in this country, and indeed in our state, they're getting hormone replacement therapy and reassignment. They don't know what they're doing. So in our bill, it says that we're going to extend the statute of limitations to sue to take a private cause of action against a doctor or an insurance company for gender reassignment to the age that the individual is cognizant of what happened. So we just basically open-ended, made it an open-ended yeah. lawsuit environment, so we're going to shut this thing down. Amen to that. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. One thing that concerns me, well, we can talk about it after the break, one of the things that, that does concern me is you you have had now, you see federal judges, it, it happened in Florida, it just happened this week in Arkansas, and they're saying that these efforts to curtail um, gender reassignment surgery on minors are somehow unconstitutional. They violate equal protection, which I, I don't buy it for a second, but we've got to figure out a way to get around those decisions that the federal courts are now handing down on this type of legislation. So, um, Well, I, I don't disagree that's going to be a fight, but I'll tell you what, we'll go all the way to the United States Supreme Court on that, and I'm pretty darn confident the U.S. Supreme Court will side with us in this, and that is this is absolutely a legislative prerogative. If they're going to say, that we cannot take a stand against gender reassignment on a child under the age of 18, then what leg do we have to stand on to say you can't vote before 18 or you can't buy a pack of cigarettes before 18 you oh, can't yeah. drink alcohol before 21? Yeah. It'll never these, – these judicial activists are just pushing a radical agenda, but that'll be overturned. It's crazy. Um, Josh, we've got to take a quick break. Can you stick with us? Got a few more questions I wanted to sure, ask. Sure, I can stick with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Folks, we're talking to Senator Josh Kimbrell, member of the state Senate. Uh, from Sparkleberry, that's Spartanburg. We'll be right back with more after these words from our sponsors. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Do not leave town. Every time I try to make it on my Every time I try to stay start to fall and all those lonely roads that I traveled, there was Jesus. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. 
Thanks for sticking with us. You've made it to the parting wisdom segment of Saturday Morning Coffee, all together fitting that we should have a very wise man on the phone with us. We're talking to Senator Josh Kimbrell, member of the state Senate, uh, representing uh, Sparkleberry, Spartanburg, South Carolina, in the South Carolina Senate, also one of the fine conservative voices fighting for freedom uh, every day or almost every day in the South Carolina General Assembly. So, Josh, thanks for sharing your Saturday morning with us here on the show. Well, it's good to be with you, Reese. Always, uh, always a pleasure to be on Saturday morning coffee with you. Yeah, we uh, we love having you. You are one of our uh, regular guests. Wanted to also ask you this, uh, Josh. I know you've been following. Um, well, let's talk a little bit more about the general assembly. So, what do you see coming up on the horizon? What are going to be the big fights uh, in in front of us? What are the what are the battles? We talked about the 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 prohibition of gender reassignment surgery for minors, which I think is, like you said, it's a no-brainer. If we can't do that in this country, Josh, we just need to hang up the towel and start over somewhere else. I don't know. Um, no, I think I think you're going to see us do that. And, and, and additionally, we're going to have some other interesting fights next year. We are going to adopt that bill. I mean, we're, Senator Burden and I have been the primary catalyst on that bill. That's something near and dear to here's in my heart. But we're up to 29 co-sponsors. I mean, that's enough votes to pass it right there just in co-sponsors. So we, I'm confident that'll become law next year. Yep. We also really need to do something about the way the judiciary is appointed to the state. we got a real mess here. And I mean, I know you know this being an attorney, but we have a we're only one of two states in the country that allows for the legislature to both appoint and confirm judges. And there's something inherently uh, there's a conflict of interest there. OK, when, especially when you have certain folks in the legislature who, who are attorneys. Who, who basically, and, and most people who are in the legislature who are attorneys are very respectful about their position. I'm not making any kind of personal allegations. Sure. It's a conflict of interest to go practice for a judge, and there's no check and balance. So my opinion is we need to make it to where the House and the Senate confirm with the governor making some appointments, or at least change the way the Judicial Merit Selection Committee is made up to where mm-hmm. there's more representation from the non-lawyer community. Yeah. And we have checks and balances inside the legislature. Yeah. Because right now, we, we, we go back to what we said in the last segment, yours and my conversation about even where we are on the on the heartbeat bill or the state Supreme Court invalidating that prior, and that we got a conservative on the court this time with Gary Hill. Um, that was a hard fight. We should never have been in a position. We've had Republican domination in South Carolina for 30 years. There's no reason why we should have had a left-leaning state Supreme Court. And yet, until this year, we did. We changed it this year. We fixed it because we have a super majority in the, in the legislature now. The Senate's up to 30 Republican seats. I flipped the Democratic seat, beat a 32-year Democratic incumbent. Yes. If we had not picked up a few seats, we wouldn't have been able to do it now. Bad deals have been made over the years. We have a chief justice of the state Supreme Court in South Carolina who makes Sonia Sotomayor uh, look like Clarence Thomas. Okay, I mean, He's an extremely left-wing guy. We had a left-wing court. So we got to do something on judicial reform. I'm hoping we take that up next year. Uh, and then there's going to be the fight over constitutional carry, because right now we're, we are we allow for open carry in this state. We don't have constitutional carry, and yet Governor DeSantis just signed that into law in Florida. So it's interesting. We're now behind Florida. We're, we, we were used to be. We were a much redder state than Florida under Ron DeSantis. Florida's much redder than we are now. We're still very red. Don't get me wrong. We'll yeah. Keep it that way. But DeSantis. Yeah. Florida's eating our lunch, man. We got to catch up with DeSantis. Yeah, DeSantis has done a good job of leading that state, um, and it's and I have to say he's he's really he's pushed them to be probably redder than we are right now. Um, and, well, well, that's why I endorsed him yesterday. I actually I, I, there's, a state, there's a list of people released yesterday. Fifteen legislators, House and Senate members here in our state, uh, endorsed Ron DeSantis. I was the first person out of the gate to endorse the governor. 
And yesterday I, I led the list and I've endorsed the governor of Florida to be the 47th president. And I love Donald Trump, too. Yep. I think he's a great president. Don't get me wrong. But the point is DeSantis can serve two full terms. He's young, energetic, and managed to take Florida from being a purple state deeply red. And a lot of the stuff we've done in the legislature really is because DeSantis did it in Florida. And I'm, I, I introduced a lot of stuff to catch up with Florida. So, I mean, this is the kind of conservative leadership you need, and I think we can uh, – That'd be good for the country. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, and I want to remind you, I think you probably know this already, but the new version, the new Heartbeat Bill, Heartbeat Bill 2, I believe is going to be argued Tuesday before the Supreme Court. Um, yeah. And so right. everybody should be in prayer about that, and, and you know we'll see what the new court does uh, with this legislation. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that's on the docket to be argued uh, just this coming up, just this week, coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, oral arguments are this coming week, and then hopefully we can get an expedited decision because right now the number of abortions in South Carolina at the highest level they've been since 1994. Yeah. I mean, let that sink in for a second. Which, yeah. Where the high, after Roe, people thought that, you know, that the numbers would go the other way because of what's happened here. We have the highest abortion numbers in South Carolina right now that we've had since 1994. Well, so I'm, pre- I'm pretty confident we're going to win the case, but I hope they issue the ruling pretty quickly. Yeah, South Carolina is now, as hard as this is to imagine, South Carolina is now a destination state for those from other states seeking abortion. So it's hard to imagine that you come to South Carolina from places like Georgia to get an abortion, but that's exactly what's happening at the moment. Let me ask you this question, Josh. Um, if, if in fact uh, you you partly answered it, I was going to ask you your take on the on the upcoming presidential election, given how clo- how closely you follow things. How do you think, given the fact that you do have Donald Trump up so many points in the polls, and you've got people like Nikki Haley, uh, uh, Tim Scott, who had an event here in O'Ree County this week, so we've got some South Carolina candidates in the race already. You've got Donald Trump, what forty forty five points above his closest competitor. How what is the the path uh, for DeSantis in South Carolina. How well will DeSantis do in South Carolina, in your opinion? Well, I, I've, I've been looking at the tracking polls pretty much every day, yeah. and I will tell you that uh, right now, yeah, nationally, Trump still has a pretty commanding lead. But if you look at New Hampshire, Iowa, and South Carolina, the numbers are getting a little tighter. Those numbers are starting to close in some, because most people who support the former president, and look, I voted for the former president both times. But the, uh, most people who support the former president also like Governor DeSantis and think he's been a conservative warrior. Yeah. So there's not a lot of uh, – most supporters of Trump also support DeSantis and vice versa. And so those numbers are tightening a little bit. This mm-hmm. is a two-man race. I mean, all yeah. due respect to our senator and the former governor, even in our state, it's a two-man race. I mean, yeah. you've got Haley and Scott are both in single digits. The only two that are in double digits for the Republican nomination are Trump and DeSantis. And in my opinion, the reason I chose to endorse DeSantis, in no small part, uh, I, there's two reasons really it went into my thinking on that. One is he can serve two full terms. He's 45, 44, 45, younger guy, mm-hmm. can serve two full terms. Of course, President Trump would not be able to serve but one more term. And frankly, we need eight years to drain the swamp here. Secondly, while I think President Trump was a pro-life president and, and governed for the most part as a conservative I think DeSantis is more conservative, particularly on issues like life. The former president, uh, Governor DeSantis, signed a heartbeat bill, just like we have in South Carolina that we just discussed, that we just adopted. And the former president went on Twitter and attacked Governor DeSantis for signing that. Well, Josh. That was too too extreme. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. Listen, we so much appreciate your time. Come back anytime. we got a heart out on the show. But listen, thanks for all you're doing. Keep up the good fight, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay? 
God bless you, Reese. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Josh. Senator Josh Kimbrell from Spartanburg. And, folks, it's Saturday morning coffee. Let me leave you with this bit of parting wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. And join us next week right here for more Saturday morning coffee. for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.